This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I am Christopher Hunt, head instructor at Aikido Fresno. And with me is Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido Fresno. And Maya Solana McDaniel, second Q and student at Aikido Fresno. All right. Yes. Here we go. What's up, Ready guys? Ready for the podcast. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Ready to talk some Aikido. So today, uh, this is one that's kind of been coming for a bit um, we had a listener who had sent us some questions, and we were like, yeah, we're definitely going to do a podcast about that, and we hadn't yet, so. We don't really know exactly no, what to don't. title this uh, episode, but, you know, it, it's basically like a, a problems you arise, uh, that arises a teacher, you know, so if you've taught Aikido for any length of time, you've had these problems. Um, they're issues we all go through, and, and how do we solve them is, is a good thing to talk about. So the question's from Constantinos Andrew. Once again, let me know if I'm saying your name wrong, because I would like to say it right. Um. He asked, uh, speaking of which, I would like to ask you if you can do a podcast. I didn't need to read that. Um, <laughs> sorry, yeah. my, my brain. Speaking of which, I would like, yes, we know that because that's the well, whole setup. He started out by, by saying he loves our podcast, blah, blah, blah. Thank you so much. Um, my but the actual, excuse to squeeze that in. He said he loves no, the I podcast. Just, my eyes jumped to it. Um, okay, so the question is, what method of teaching would you suggest when the class usually consists of two to four people? Second question. Well, let's just stop there, and then we'll move on to the second question. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think it'll be easier for, for to keep things straight. All right. So. So small, small, small classes is basically Which what I, I is, would think know. for many schools, that would be the norm. Especially with what's going on with Aikido right now. Probably yeah. pretty normal. It's yeah. definitely normal. And especially for, if you're like a secondary teacher. Yeah. You know, if you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, the two or three levels down of teacher at the school, you've got the crap classes, yeah. you know, and we've all been there. I've had them. Odd times. Time. Time. Yeah. Crap Weird time. You know, but I mean, they, I know. They're, <laughs> you know, they're not the like Thursday Josh, night. Everyone shows up. Josh is like, like thanks. Yeah. I got the crap classes, huh? Oh, I had many years of crisis. Um, so I was thinking about this the other day, and I, I think there's a couple of ways to go about this, at least uh, for me and from what I've experienced, and it, it will depend on the setup of, of the school, you know. But I think one, I see it as there's two ways to go about it. One is to look at the people in the class and really specifically tailor the class to what those people are looking for. So almost maybe even treating it like a, like a one-on-one kind of thing. I remember um, Michael Varon, who was another teacher uh, at our school, um, would do this thing if it was a smaller class where he would walk down the row of students and ask, like, what would you like to think about today or what would you like to look at today? And, you know, it could be a word, it could be a technique, whatever. And then he would just, that would be the class. He would sort of incorporate whatever it was that that we had asked for into the class as a student that's always kind of fun too to be like oh like i get to kind of direct where we can go today or what we need to work on and so so i think that's one way to go about it and i think the other way to go about it and this is what i think uh, chris uh, we did for a long time which was there's some shit that you want to work on uh and using the class as sort of your guinea pigs to sort of work on the stuff that maybe wouldn't work in uh, other classes or isn't going to work as well or you know like these four people are going to really be able to help you get through the thing that you're working on right, right. so th- we did that and yesterday in fact out in the park we were doing some sword stuff and then that's a, essentially what was happening 
Um, Chris was like, okay, so this is what we're going to be working on today. Right. I've got some thoughts. I have, <laughs> Right. Well, and I mean, and I think as a, it was fun. as a teacher, it's really, that's an awesome thing to do because it allows you to just kind of play with it a little bit and see if things work, don't work, um, what other questions might arise. You get to test some stuff on some people before you throw it out to the larger classroom so you can um, kind of, uh, you know, shoot to see if there's any problems with it. Um, so it, it can be really nice. Um that's for you. On the flip side, right. I think the other one works better if you want to give more to the students. I mean, the students are going to get different things out of it anyway. But it's uh, it really also depends on your flexibility as a teacher. So you know, if you if you have a really good understanding of the system and, and you you can field you know ninety percent of questions, then you can easily open it up. You know, like Aikido. Uh, Michael's been teaching Aikido for you know 20 years or whatever so like uh, he has no problem doing that like you know saying what do you want to work on doesn't matter what in the spectrum of aikido you want to talk about i can i can fill a class on it you know so so if you're really comfortable with that that's a great way to go um i i teach that way uh fairly often i'm also though i'm i'm usually up to shit you know so like i uh i've always got ideas and when you when you you know use the students like that and i think I used to enjoy having class like that when teachers would come in and do that. I was like, oh, that's cool. We're seeing some innovative stuff these teachers up to. The only thing is, you know, you've got to be pretty fair with them and you've got to explain to them. It's like, like, I don't know what's going to happen. This is something I'm working on. I'm figuring this out too. So like, this is what we're going to go through. But because you can't have the attitude of like, well, I'm the teacher and I know everything's right because things are going to go wrong and weird because you don't know yourself yet. There's nothing weirder than as the student watching the teacher, uh, teach something and you're like you're sitting there and you're like I really like love and respect my, my teacher but I can tell right now that what they're instructing like they're saying stuff but they're saying it like I know this right right, right? like right. And wheels something... you can see the wheels spinning and it's like wait a second and not that it like um it's fun to see your teacher like uh express vulnerability or say I'm working on this or all that stuff but like um it's not fun to be like it's for someone to present to you that they are sure about something when they're not and you can tell that they're not. Right, right. It's easier just to go like, hey, guys, uh, this is something I'm, I'm working out. Can we do this experimental thing? I'm not sure what will come of it. And then as a student, that's exciting because you're like, ooh, and, yeah. I get to be a part of something interesting and, and new and, and we're all learning together. Yeah, don't be scared to say like, hey, I'm working on stuff too because the truth is Let's, as a teacher, you yeah. are working yeah. on stuff. And if you're not, you're dead and, and you don't need to do the art anymore. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, you know, like, I mean, I've been doing Aikido forever, and I still have all kinds of shit I'm working on, because it's like I'm trying to grow and develop and become better all the time, and if you're not, then you're going to get stagnant and crummy and find something you do want to work on, you know? I think either, uh, you know, focusing on what students are, what students need, or what you need is, those are both good avenues coming from the student's perspective, Um, just because as the student, you're like, oh, yes, we get to focus on me today, what I'm doing, or what I need. Or also, ooh, we get to like learn like what you're working on and and kind of work like workshop something, right. you know. And so either way, it can be really exciting. And so there's ne- there's no wrong answer between those two, I think. So uh, so I want to say something that uh, speaking of Michael Varen, he he said to me, and I thought was really insightful. So I want to talk about that. But let's let's real quick, let's say you're teaching one other student, so that's as small other class as it can get, you know, other than your training by yourself. Um, and, you know, here's good advice, actually, speaking of that. So if you do have classes where uh, sometimes people don't even show up, you know, I used to have this uh, Thursday morning class that was like, I'm going to roll the dice. So right. Who knows if anyone's coming today? There might be five people. There yeah. might be zero people. Who knows? Um, I would still train even if no one showed up because it's, it's, 
use that time, right? Yeah, Don't yeah, just yeah, like, ah, yeah. oh, I'm going to get out of here. So you're going to have class. You know, I'm going to have class at 6 o'clock. That's when I'm having class. doesn't matter if anyone shows up or not. I'm going to have class, you right. know. And so you can go through and work on your own stuff, you know. So, so Clean have, the dojo, right, whatever yeah, things you might yeah, need to. That's very appreciated when you <laughs> clean the dojo. It's greatly appreciated. Um, but, you know, you're going to do something in the dojo, and that's what you're yeah. there for. So um, let's say you have one student. One student, if I have one student, generally what I like to do, um, because if I'm working on stuff, it's hard for me to see all angles of it with just one other person. I'll usually just say, what tests do you have coming up next? Let's, Let's go, work yeah, on yeah. that material. Because that's yeah. the best thing. Like They're going to get that tension they need. You're going to get to refresh on whatever the material is on that test. Um, and you know, you know the material because... Um, that test is something you've passed. So, you know, it's like, you know, if I'm a Shodan instructor and they want to cover any Q rank test that's coming up for them, then that's great, you know? If it's someone who's the same level as you, you guys should just be sparring and doing Ron right, Dory right, and having a good right, time. You know, like if uh, when Josh and I were just doing Saber together and it was just the two of us, like, well, let's just spar for the whole session, you know, because that's what we're going to get the most out of. So if they're on your level, find a way to just work at yeah. your level together. Um, this is a trick, and uh, uh, Michael Varen said to me one time, he said, hey, so so Saito did more weapons than any other of uh, Ueshiba's students with Ueshiba, right? And I said, yeah, that's that's what they say. And he said, hey, so what do you like to do when just one person shows up to class? And I said, I like to do weapons a lot of times. <laughs> and the reason is because <sighs> you like, it's really hard, in, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, it's still hard for me to flip-flop from like, being engaged as the teacher and then participating in the forms. Right. And, yeah, you know, yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. I can either train me, you know, like, I'm just worrying about me and working on me, or I can train them. And playing both roles can be really, really hard, especially yeah. for an hour, an hour and a half, whatever your class length is. It takes a lot of engagement intellectually. Yeah, man. A lot. Whereas, like, um, teaching weapons is easier because it's like the student and the weapon are working out together, and you're just kind of watching, and you can pick out what the problems are and right, stuff. Right, you know? right, right, right. Um, so, so, anyways, Michael, I thought that was really astute. He said, uh, uh, you know, like, oh, well, why do you think? Because Saito was there by himself most right, of the time. Yeah. You know, So there's lots of stories of him showing up, and he's the only person in class, so he did a lot of weapons. Yeah. So weapons is a good thing to do. If you guys do weapons, one person, I would do weapons. Um, two people is great because I would generally, with two people, just still say, hey, what do you guys want to work on? Because it's like um, they'll both kind of talk about some things and you can kind of find the common ground between the two of them and work it out. And two classes is really good generally because it's like you can move through material fast. The yeah. two of them can work on each other. The teacher can still just be in the teacher role. So just kind of watching and figuring out what's going on works beautifully. Three. Oh, I was just going to say with the two people, it's really fun because like if you've got um – two really new people that's great because it's you're just having a private class with yeah. two new people that really need that attention and you can work with both of them and say okay let me have you over here practicing your roles okay let me focus on you for a second go back like it's very like easy to do that and then if it's you know a higher rank student and a lower rank student you can say okay let's go through everything you know for the lower rank student and get to the point where that lower rank student tops out Okay, now let's work on the most cusp information right. that you need. Right. You know, absolutely. And if it's too high students, then it's like, all right, let's go through fucking everything. Yeah, until for sure. we find a sticking point, and then let's work on that sticking point. Yeah, and that's fun. I've done that actually a lot with um, uh, one person show up is like, especially if they're high ranking, like, hey, let's just go through the syllabus. Yeah, and we'll just, just go see, beginning right. to end. Yeah, you yeah, do the yeah. technique, I'll do the technique, back and forth, boom. And if we hit anything sticky, we'll and fix we'll, it. Yeah. But otherwise, just truck through the whole material. And, you know, generally in forty-five minutes to an hour, we can fly through the entire syllabus. Yeah. Um, if the other person knows it you know and that's fun it's a fun class um three people is generally when i'll be like 
all right, I want to work on this right, now stuff, we, right. you know, um, because then it's like when I want to do the training, I can hop in with right, the third right. person. When I want to watch them, I can pop out and make them just do groups of three. So, so three is a real good group to do that. Four is also the same. Four to me is the beginning of a regular right, class, when you, you know, like yeah. you're just having a regular class. Three people, it seems like difficult because you've always got an odd man out. But that is kind of nice, especially like I feel like right now in the summertime, it's hot in our dojo. And so to have a class of three actually is a little bit nicer because like that water. third person gets a break, gets to get water. And like for me, at least right now, it's nice sometimes to be that third person be like, I'm just going to take a breather, watch them do it, yeah. process a little bit. I think back that in. I like, I mean, in some ways, you know, that third person gets a little asked out in that like they don't get as much training as they normally would. But in another way, it's nice because they not only get to see the instructor usually uh, do the technique, they get to watch another group of people do the technique um, on both sides. So um, I I like that because it allows me to like look and go, okay, what are these people doing? Okay, oh, all right, what do I need to be thinking about and whatever. So I kind of like that having, you know, usually we'll train it where there will be one person in the middle and one person on both sides and they'll flip-flop back and forth. Um, and I like that. Uh, for that ability to be able to watch kind of from the outside as the training's happening that you don't normally get if you're just paired up, paired up. If you have a class that's always that, you know, so like I had a class like this for a while that's like, I know every Wednesday at 12 o'clock we're going to have these three people no matter what, like those three are showing up. So 90% of my classes at that time are going to be these three people. I will find exercises for three right, people, right. you know, yeah, so yeah. like that's, weapon that's cool. exercises yeah, yeah. or, yeah. you know, something that three people are engaged right. yeah. and, and, and that's nice. are quite a few things in Aikido that are three-person lots, things, lots. you know, so three is actually a pretty good number. You know, I think we tend to focus on the, the two-person yeah. stuff, but a lot of, you know, like a uh, two-attacker, yeah, two multiple attackers, awesome. yeah. or a lot of the weapon stuff, you know, has a, a, a two-sided and, component. Uh, yeah. Honestly, like to me, the Holy Grail class is 12 people. I love when 12 <laughs> people show up because it's like, it's a big size class. It's a good size class. Feels really great. I can do three sets if I want. I can do two sets. I can do four sets, you know, so like it's divisible with so many things. It's like, as a teacher, it's like, all right, you know, and like, usually it's, it's diverse enough that it's like, you know, if I have half of them new, half of them advanced, I can break the class in two, six people over here, six people over here. Six is also an awesome number because it breaks into twos and threes. So, so like, um, 12, I love a class of 12. It's like, oh, what can we do today? You know? (laughs) I think too, um, that group of three thing, like it's fun, at least I'm only speaking from the student perspective, but it is fun to be the if there's three people, be the either the middle ranking person or the highest ranking person. I think the middle ranking person's fun because it's like, I'm still working, like we're generally working on stuff that I still need to work on, mm-hmm. but it's fun to be the third person often because I can watch the higher ranking person work with the lower ranking person and, and watch the higher ranking person, how they're instructing, how they're helping that lower ranking person get through the material. Um, but I also have someone that can help me if I you know, and need to work on something. And so it's really fun from that perspective to be that third person sometimes to get to watch the teacher role, the student role. Um, and it, it's, it, it, there's a more opportunities for learning, I think. There's an awesome, it it's sometimes. an awesome place to be in because um, a lot of times when the more advanced person is explaining to the junior person stuff, it's stuff that you know, but you'll hear from the outside. Right, right. a different. Yeah. And so it kind of makes you see it better. You know, yeah. it's awesome too. Sometimes when like it's fun for me to like you know 
you'll see problems with what the, go, the younger how student. would i talk right. about that how would i answer that or you know i'll see josh helping someone and and like occasionally i'll be like oh it's blah 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 and so it's fun for me to like add my little two cents in when i do feel like i have something maybe like a different way to explain it or a, a, another word like josh you know can't remember a word which that happens a lot not to josh but just Thanks. in general <laughs> like i understand, I understand. To, like, I understand what you're saying what's that called oh yeah ski okay thank you you know like <laughs> right that called it's called a gray well i do that all the time what I know what that's called. The other day, it's funny. The other day, I was uh, I was saying words in Japanese and English, and I was translating them. And then uh, I got to ski, and I was like, "Ski is ski." And then I was like, "Oh no, no ski, ski means thrust." A... But it's funny, like ski in my head is it's so just ski, that thing, but it's right, like, yeah, right, ski right. is ski. And it's like, no, no, no. That no, means no. you're using your language processing correctly. Uh-huh. I feel like that happens a lot uh, in our like other classes that are non Aikido, where like you'll accidentally slip a Japanese word in there because it's like, oh, well, that's, that's the hardest the best thing. Yeah. 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 And yeah when then, I'm teaching European stuff, it's like, oh, stop speaking Japanese. And then there are other people that are not Aikido people that are in class that are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> What's the weird crap kid I was with? The other day we were doing some uh, some stick fighting stuff and uh, I told uh, I told Maya, uh, more Zanshin. And Josh was like, what's the English uh, equivalent of that? And I was like, Pay attention. <laughs> and he's like, sounds so much nicer in Japanese. <laughs> Start yelling at people, pay attention. It's like, yeah, I, no, I much that prefer Zanshin. Right. You can yell at someone, Zanshin, and they go, oh, I know what that means, as opposed to pay attention. <laughs> well, yes, I'm paying attention. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have anything else? So uh, this way we can make sure we have time to hit the second uh, question. Is there anything else about the. Any specific, like, drills that you guys like to do? Like, your favorite drills or favorite uh, group things that are, you know, for groups of three or groups of two or four, like, uh, that are, are fun that you guys do with your classes yeah. off the top of your head? Yeah, I mean, uh, yes, but, like, it's, like, I don't know um, how to describe I mean, like, I do footwork drills. I like to do footwork drills. Um, like, especially sometimes you get these classes where classes started and there's, like, three people in class, right? And you're, like, I know three more people are going to show up in the next 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, that's and, frustrating. Yeah. And so it's like, like they're running late or traffic or who yeah, knows. And so you don't want to get deep into it. Right. right, right. And so it's like, it's like, well, we can run like footwork drills or rolling drills or something like that. And then that way those people can go into class really easy It'd with the rest of us. be a cushion of time for them right, to arrive. Right. And so stuff like that's a good thing to do is when it's like, oh, look, Bill always comes. So I know he's coming. So if I jump into it, then you got to fucking explain to Bill what you're doing. Right. So if yeah. you kind of have this cushion drills, those those are good, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I, yeah. Same thing. I mean, I'll always actually try to start the class with some of that stuff, pushing drills, rolling drills, uh, footwork kind of stuff. Before I get into any kind of technique or whatever. Just, it is nice. I and mean, not for that reason, but just because I, that's how I set up class usually. But. I like when I come to Josh's class and there's, uh, you do like the one person's in the hot seat and there's a little line of people either, you know, pushing the person to roll yeah. or doing a, a quick little technique like a hikiotosh or something. And that's fun because then no matter, you know, if you've got three people, four people, you know, like it can kind of rotate through. Yeah. Um, and if new people are coming on the mat, right. it's easy to slip into that, yep. no problem. You can see exactly what's happening. Here. That's fun, yeah. All right, what's our what's the second part of this, uh, this right. question here? So second question is, uh, there are some techniques that height difference can cause issues to apply them. Is there a way to overcome this? No. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> I feel like everything, I feel like everything no. in Aikido 
can is a, is a yes and a no thing, right? Um, and and in this particular case, I'm thinking about iriminage. So iriminage, as we see it generally presented, uh, can cause problems for short people versus tall people, and tall people versus short people. Uh huh. Okay. There is a way. For a shorter person to do any riminage on a taller person, it's not the technique that we would see normally practiced, right? Um, there, there are adjustments that have to be made for that the height that height difference, and then it's it becomes a I don't want to say a different technique, but it becomes a different technique. Right. Um, so I think this is a good question because it gets to that, like, uh, the thing that, the, the unbeatable technique, you know. Mm-hmm. And everyone likes, this is like a real Aikido thing, I think, which is like, if I learn to do the technique uh, well enough, it can never be stopped by anyone. And that's not the case because there, there are situations where, you know, if there's a dude who's 6'5", I'm not, me at 5'6", I'm not going to be able to iriminage him, really, right. in yeah. in the traditional way that you, you know, the Steven Seagal, like, nice, right. powerful. The 6'5 guy. The 6'5 guy, right. I'm not going to be able to do that, right? right. Um, regardless of how awesome I am at it. Yeah. I can learn to move and and, you know, sort of work with and guide the energies in a way that I can use that principle, the Irimi principle, uh, in a Irimi Nage-ish technique, I suppose. Yeah. But it's, it's dip, you know, so that's the thing, like, people want to go like, ah, will this technique uh, always work? And it's like, no, it won't always work, because of course it can't always work. There'll be different but, times when different techniques apply. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so you know, there are some real hard ones, right? So Irimi Nage is one of those, and that's, you know... Um, you're behind them, you've made an Edimi entry, uh, and you are facing the same direction as them, and your arm's generally coming across the front of them, and you're stepping through that, that Edimi Nage. Um, that is a real difficult technique if they are taller than you and you're Nage. Um, Shihonage is a really difficult technique if you're taller than them and you're Nage. Um, so, like, you know, Shionage spinning through um, from underneath and um, getting down that low um, to do a good Iriminage, yeah. really difficult, you know. Kokinage is also one. Kokinage is, a, you know, can be difficult, especially get someone who's significantly shorter than you and has a really stable base. Getting underneath that base can be difficult. And Koshinage is about the same equivalency of difficulty as Kokinage, which is like, you know, if you got someone who's way shorter than you, getting your hips lower enough, yeah. is good, is hard. Um, the You know, most of it is going to skew to the shorter person being able to apply things easier because um, it was built by a man who's five person. foot tall, right, right, you know. Right. So <laughs> so uh, so most of those work better than the, the other techniques. And if you look at the way Yueshiba did, um, uh, Irimi-nage, that'll give you some tips on how to do it to someone who's tall oh, when you're you. short. Um, but what Josh said is is true. There are just matchups that you're not going to make some technical choices. You're going to do something different, you know. There are techniques that have no limitation on size. So, Kodagaish, 
no limitation on size. Kaitenage, no limitation on size. Within reason, jujinage, no limitation on size. Um, so you can see techniques like this are like, no, we can do them no matter what. You know, Ikkyo can sometimes be difficult if someone's really, really tall, tall and someone else is really short. That can be difficult. Um, so there, there are ones. So, so, you know, if you're facing that regularly, I have this class every Saturday morning, and it's always uh, six, seven, Roy, and uh, five, one, Charlotte. And it's just like, man, those two, it's hell, right? Figure out the techniques that those two can work on and together, and, and that's where you go with it mostly, you know? Um, or you can talk. You can specifically work on how do we solve those problems and then talk to them about it, you know? Yeah, I mean, you can approach that more from, like, the less of I'm teaching this specific technique and it's not working because of this matchup, but go um, in this situation that here at Little Charlotte you're in against very tall Roy. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlotte, here are your options. You know, right. It's like if it, this guy's so tall, so that means you may have a larger uh, space to go go go, go th- under, to the inside, right. go under. Right. You know, where Roy, it's like you have these long ass arms, so you know, just triangle and and just right. <laughs> boot Charlotte into the <laughs> into space with your hand. You know, just like so. It's like you know, teaching people to. Um, use in a case where you don't have partners that you can switch around to, to get a better match mm. I feel like working on like showing people what their options what are the, within yeah. the system is also that's Aikido as much as teaching them one technique you know? right right and also you know like don't be scared to do this and I understand so look there's different kinds of Aikido schools that have different emphasis when they're teaching for the most part most Aikido te- schools uh, have heavily emphasized techniques in one way or another um, so also don't be scared to do things that are not uh, quote unquote techniques like Maya was talking earlier we were having a discussion she was saying like you know like they're like the 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 godlike techniques and the demi-godlike techniques you know like they're the <laughs> techniques that are like the big ones you know like shionage, kodagai, shikokinage, jujinage, shionage blah, blah, blah. the major techniques right. and the minor techniques right and the minor techniques and the minor techniques are like you know like um uh, stepping to the outside, right. or you know, it's like it's like we don't even really have a name Hit for that bump. generally, but Technic. yeah, exactly right. right. So um, don't be scared to work on stuff that's not technical either, right? So like they can both individually work on roles, they can right, individually right, right. work on footwork, and you know, technical English fails me terribly when we talk about this because it's like technique can mean a lot of things. The way I button my shirt is a technique, a technique but don't right. normally refer to it as that. When I when I say that, people are like, "There's something extra There's special, a special you know? technique." Right. Yes, you yeah. put the button through the hole. <laughs> but if you don't know what that is, it would be a difficult. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I think working on those techniques that we don't consider techniques, but that totally are the pieces right. of technique. Yeah. You know, like the uh, my favorite one is the, the freaking the triangle with the atemi to the face. Right. Um, triangle step. Um, that's so useful, especially if you're a tall ass person with long arms. You can really um like pop whatever grab is on your you know shoulder or whatever totally or your hand free with that long that long reach that you have you know the students should be working to always play to their strengths um you know so if you're short there are techniques that'll work great right and i think this is something to keep in mind as you're doing this you know you have to realize that there are limitations to these things and so don't try to squeeze the technique in uh when it, it isn't necessarily going to work so for instance and i see this all the time you get a tall person that's trying to be nice or trying to work in with a short person and so they're contorting themselves so that they can make the technique work 
when it's like ah, you don't have to do that you you are gigantic they're gonna be have trouble grabbing onto you if you contort your body you're actually putting yourself in a worse position to help them do a technique but don't don't do that right. you know so on both sides just realize like yeah man that guy's gigantic don't get up on your tippy toes so that you can do the technique even though that's what feels like you need to do to make the technique happen don't do it because it's bad news, right? I think we're um, getting into the problem again, which we encounter a lot, which is are we training to train or are we training for something, Right. you know? Um, because if we're training the techniques to learn how to apply the techniques in a quote-unquote, you know, real situation, then working with so, working on a technique with someone that's a weird height match to you on a technique that's difficult to apply, it's like you know, it may not be as productive for that as you would like it to be. But on the other hand, doing that may work other parts of your training, like cooperation, you know, right. how, like figuring out how to be a better, you know, it's forcing maybe that tall person to be a little more flexible or, you know, have a better grab or, you know, and so that may not be training um, the the short person to apply this Nage to this tall guy, but, you know, maybe it's working working the tall guy on, you know, being more flexible or whatever, you know? So it's like, yeah. it depends on what you're trying to work on. So there is something to be gotten out of that situation. It's just that maybe as a teacher, you don't want to let those two train together for 10 Extended minutes. You know what I mean? Time. Just right, to go, right, right, okay, right. that was a weird matchup. Okay, switch yeah. partners, you know? <laughs> like you let them train together for a couple minutes and then you go, okay, everybody switch. And that's kind of yeah. solves that issue. And for I think you. it is, it is nice to train with people who are, as a small person, who are, uh, I'm saying this as a small person, uh, gigantic, you know, so you can see like, oh yeah, if if I got in a situation like this, it would be different than if I got in a situation with a normal a person my, my comparable size. You know, we have a guy who trains, I don't know how, how tall is, was Troy, I mean, how tall is, oh, he's like, Troy's like six, yeah. he's like six six, and me standing next to him, it's like, we're different species almost you know i mean <laughs> really um and so there's just some stuff that like yeah i'm not gonna be able to i'm not gonna be able to do on him um but also th- trying it and seeing like oh yeah this is why it, it, that's not a bad thing either you know so yeah it's funny you know like so i'm uh, i'm short um but i'm really wide so like you know i'm 200 pounds um sure at five eight so, like, you know, most of the time I don't have a strength issue with things. Um, sometimes I do have height issues. But there used to be this guy I trained with uh, named Darrell. And Darrell was um, 6'3", uh, probably a really solid 320. Um, Ex-Golden Gloves boxer, in great shape, very Whoa. athletic, like solid, you know. And so I could never muscle Darrell around. Yeah. You know, he's just too freaking strong. And so it, it made me learn lots of little tricks to deal with someone that big and what's great is I then could tell people much smaller than right, me right, those right. tricks to deal with normal size right, people right, you know like right. you get someone who's 5'1 and they're you know 90 pounds it's like well all this stuff's going to be hard for you right, with right, everyone right. so here's the little tricks you can do so it's nice to have those opportunities to work with people way bigger or way smaller or whatever you know do you have any of those tricks you'd like to share? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, they're actually they're built into the forms, but not ignoring them is the important thing, you know. So, like, for example, doing Sankyo uh, Omote versus Sankyo Ura. Sankyo Omote, the, the technique's built to be done one-handed because you're physically dominant, and you can push them around. Um, Sankyo Ura is built to be receptive, and you're not dominant. So it teaches you how to control someone's hand with both of your hands, 
um, and put it against your body to lock it against your body so you're as strong as you can be. And then the Sankyo Uda form goes on to say, even if that fails, here is what you do next, right? So the stuff's built into the forms, but you have to allow yourself to see it. And so like, as we did them, you know, like most of the time, omote forms for a long time just came off best for me because most people being kind of compliant and I'm strong and I can force most things to work. Working with bigger guys, I was like, oh, the omote doesn't work as well, but look at what the uda does when I listen to it, you know? So so um, making that realization is really important. So the stuff's technically built into Aikido. You just have to realize it, you know? I think the other thing too, like when you're training, um like having those realizations of like, wow, this is, there may be a problem here because of height or because of whatever, um, but going, what can I glean from this while I am in this situation? Because maybe we are studying um, uh, Sankyo uh, Omote and, and and I would prefer to do Uda if I could choose because that's what I'm more comfortable. I want it against my body. I feel more secure, but that's not what we're working on right now. So how can I work on my Sankyo and make it as tight as it possibly is, as good as it possibly can be um, in, you know, in that situation, Right. you know, maybe even though I I wouldn't choose that if it was, you know, that wouldn't be my go-to, you know? And I think sometimes like, we want to, and I've done this in my head. We're like, well, this just wouldn't work. Why am I do? Why am I working on this? If I wouldn't choose this, I wouldn't. This wouldn't work for me. Wasting my time. That's not a waste of your time. No, you know? it's not. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, you can make it as good as you possibly can. No, you technically, if you needed to execute that technique, you wouldn't choose it. You're right. But how good can it be against someone that I, I really can't normally apply it on? How solid can I make it? And and some, you know, I think that's a perfect example of like if you are hitting that block with yourself of like. I don't know how I can make this better because I just feel like our our bodies are are really conflicting in this way, you know, height or strength or flexibility or whatever. And so it's hard for me to apply this technique. That's where you call the teacher over and go, what adjustments can I make to at least work this the best I can right. with this situation that I'm in? If the person's super gigantic, uh, you can always do stuff on your knees. You know, I do that with the kids all the time. You know, I'll just do it because otherwise... You're like, I feel gonna... super gigantic next to these it's kids. Not gonna... Right, little <laughs> five-year-old. Yeah. And that actually brings but... up another... Oh, go ahead, sorry. No, no, yeah. Uh, brings up another point about teaching is like, you know, if, say, you're dealing with a short person who relative to them is tall but relative to you is not tall... You can get on your knees to show what it's like right, right. to the technique yeah, at their yeah, height. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, just something I gleaned from the little children <laughs> doing it with the little kids. Uh, what else is there? Anything else on the on the height? Uh, I just think it's good to realize that, like, you know, there are some situations where that you know it just it's not gonna work. And not to say that you shouldn't train those things still, but just, you know, if you can realize that, like, yep, no, this is not an ideal situation, right? right. Like, this guy is gigantic. I'm not going to try to iwiminage him. Even if I have an awesome iwiminage, right? Right. Um, I'm not going to try it because the, the failure rate of that is going to be greater because it, it isn't designed to work that way yeah i think what josh said at the the beginning of this is is really important and i think easy to gloss over which is like no technique works 100 percent of the time right you got to understand that that like i think we have this idea that because we're saying martial art technique system these techniques are like these special things that always work that's not true like in certain moments in time with certain uh, arrangements of bodies this technique will work really well but you don't always get that and so understand that you know like height could just be one of those limiters you know yeah. you're not going to do a ruminage like the teacher just did with someone two inches shorter than them when you're dealing with someone who's seven inches taller than you you right. know like 
it's it's like anything else. You're building a body of skills of a, a skill set, if you will, um, and you want each skill that you have within your skill set to be as good as possible. But you're not going to apply. Uh, all skills all the time right. you know it's like you're like a, a a construction worker you know you're not gonna uh hammer nails all the time right you might be screwing screws or sawing boards or whatever else and you and, do, and you know? exactly with that a drill is an awesome tool not for nailing nails right, right, don't right, get right, a screw right. uh, or sorry it. screwdriver and try and drive nails with it's it bad you know news. what i mean i've done it don't it don't doesn't try it. work right, right. <laughs> and well, so knowing like like i think the the mat is for working on each of those pieces and when you're working on the piece realize this is the piece that i'm working on and so it's it's useless to bring in those other skill sets because that's not what we're working on right right now and so so to 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 do it the best that you can um and have that in your skill set but use it only in the situation that it's meant to be used for right i'd also you know like i want to add to this um so not just height differences but uh physicality differences and this is big with the pins and i really should make a video to to show this but like uh a lot of like aikido pins are shown to completion with a flexible person that's like when you get to the end of the pin that's what it's like for a flexible person to be there that's not for what the, it looks for like. The uke. Right, the, the uke, uke so, is flexible. Right, yeah, yeah. So when you see, you know, an Aikido pin, that's what it looks like when the uke is a flexible person. If you get someone who's really stiff, the positions before that part of the pin, right? So the pin, the pins all have like three stages. So um, the the third stage, the final stage, will not be achieved with a tight person. Can't, you will yeah. do something earlier than that because they're already pinned because their shoulders not flexible enough to go to the completion and so a lot of times when we see people pinning an aikido they will contort them the nage will contort themselves into some kind of weird position to get to that arm because the other person can't raise their arm that far you know Um, so understand that like everyone has physical limitations and differences and understand where the techniques are uh, allowing for those differences because they are like aikido is really cleverly put together um, but you got to allow it to do what it does yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's just really a difference in body. There are series. There are multiple, and we've talked about this a million times. But there are always outs in each technique, multiple yes. places yes. for the the technique to finish or to end, depending on the goal. Um, and if the goal is to say get away, then you know you might do an initial movement, and they they you break their grab. Technique is over. Right. You know exactly right do the next thing you know move until where you need to be you know and so it's like if that doesn't work then that's when you get a long series of a technique you know where it's like you make this move you make this move then you do you know kokunage and they're on the ground you know like there are multiple outs for each thing and so letting an out work is important you know and and those are built in depending on someone's physicality someone's flexibility and I think the techniques are built for really flexible, really physical people. And if the person you're dealing with isn't very flexible, isn't a very physical person, then there's no need to do the extra. Right. That's right. Yeah. No, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. You know, um, and a lot of times it's the thing we want to do. Like, oh, we got to, you know, they're already not letting go. They're, they have already let go of me, let's say, and I still continue to move through the technique as if they didn't. Or a lot of times, I'll, you'll feel this like in the throwing techniques, uh, the person will stop in the middle of the attack. 
um, and yet you will continue along as if they have right, not stopped right. and wonder, like, why is this not working? Well, it's because they've stopped. That messes up the technique, but it makes something else the, way easier. Something else easier, which yeah. is what you want, which is just they they have stopped. Good. Right. We're done, and you can, you know. So that is something that happens, and I think people just need to be aware of. But. It's funny, Maya was uh, asking me about techniques uh, before we went on the air, and she was just, you know, just asking about uh, different things and situations, and she's like, you know, it's funny because Aikido, like, all the, the setups for the techniques are implications like that, you know, this <laughs> thing means that this is going on, and it's already implied that this is going on, and that's why you're doing it. And she said, it's like uh, if we had a uh, handbook of how to be an adult, and there was a, 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 a part in the handbook that was like how to get off drugs, okay? And you think, in order to be an adult, I've got to go through this whole book and do all of those things, and that's what makes me an adult. Right, we're following this manual of how to be an adult. Right, and because there's a chapter on how to get off drugs, I better get in dr- into drugs right. so, so I, I can, can get, get off, off of right, them, right? right, right? right yeah. Right. And so it's like, in, in Aikido, look, we never want to be in that shitty place where you had to apply that technique in the first place. So don't think that because it's in the system, you ever want to get there. You never right, want to right, take right. drugs so you can practice getting off of them. But if it does happen to happen, here are methods you could right. use. To, to do that, you know. It's, I like that. It's just so confusing just because, like, we think that we have to follow for to the letter all the things that Aikido prescribes. Right. But I think what we always forget is that, like, the people that were that were developing the systems were people that had a really, uh, like, a breadth of knowledge about, um, about conflict and about, um, you know, maybe they had been in battles or they had, you know, been in, like, they understand it on a personal level, what it is to to fight with someone or whatever the hell we're talking about. Um, but the shit that gets passed down it isn't... Uh, this, their students maybe don't have the same understanding that the teacher does because the teacher experienced it firsthand. Where the student's right. coming, I want to learn a martial art, you know, and the, the, the teacher's like, I was in war, you know? Right. And those are two different kinds of people. And so the teacher doesn't feel the need to tell the student really obvious stuff because it's, it's yeah, obvious. Don't go get into a war. It's fucking bad. Don't, right. Don't do that. And so the student comes up, ends up learning things that are not obvious to the teacher that the teacher felt like they needed to impart on the student, non-obvious things. And so the student misses the obvious things. Right. And so we end up with systems that are built full of, uh, you know, uh, complex situations because the teacher was like you need to learn how to handle complex situations because you probably already know how to solve the easy ones right. but then we have weird uh technique things that are missing the obvious yeah. solution fact this guy didn't know just not to be rude when right. you deal right. with that well person. i think the, the <laughs> questions that that were at, that this particular question uh is is what she's talking about a hundred percent you know the obvious thing is this dude is gigantic I'm not going to try to eat me now again, but I'm not going to try to do all those things because it's obvious that dude is bigger than me. Right. Um, But because we have a system where we're training techniques, we have to go through that process. Right. And so I think just like uh, pulling out those obvious lessons that were obvious to someone, but maybe not obvious to us, you know, and re-going, oh yeah, my main idea is just to get away, you know, so if I can just make it work off the first thing, I'd rather do that, or, you know, I'm not going to try and re-nage a tall guy, because that's not going to be work for me, right. you know, yeah. those obvious things that maybe aren't as obvious as we wished they were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All, All right, right, guys, where's our, what's our 42 time? minutes. Look at that. So yeah, it's like magic. All right. Well, I hope that was helpful, those uh, questions. I thought they were pretty good questions. Um, hopefully our answers were 
<laughs> um, good. Hopefully, our answers are good. 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 I hope our words are good. Appropriate. I don't know. Um, we still have some more in the can, so yeah. there's still uh, questions you guys have asked that we haven't gotten to yet. Sorry if we haven't gotten to your question yet. Um, we're, we're working through them, yeah. so we, we keep a little list that we go through. Um, and then sometimes stuff just comes up. It's like the combat cons. It's like, eh, we're just yeah, we're going to talk combat cons. We've got to talk about that. Um, but but yeah. if All you right. have any other questions, yes, please, please definitely do contact us. Oh, hey, we've got a new um, oh, yes, a do. new Facebook page. We made a Facebook page for Aikido Discuss. There's not much on there right Get now. but I think there's like four people following it. Oh. You're an admin, Josh. Oh, did well, you know this? <laughs> you're going to see some posting from me, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Um, so Great. go ahead and give that a follow. Um, yeah, and so that that's what I want to move into. See, it, it's like someone had sent me a, a email the other day via the website, um, which is totally cool, uh, the Aikido Fresno website, which is totally cool. It's just hard for all of us to see to all follow. the same things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so if you have any questions or anything you want to do, um, send a message us on that page on Facebook. Aikido Discuss yeah. Facebook page. Yeah. yeah, also, and if you want to um, – uh, send us like a p- pictures or whatever you want to do, right? Yeah. You can ask stuff in public form, whatever. Do things appropriate to a page. Um, but that's what it's there, there for. There you go. There Can't you go. believe it took us this long to make yeah. one. Well, you know. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you so much to our patrons. You make it possible for us to do this podcast. Yeah. So we really, really appreciate you. And appreciate all it. of our listeners, thank you so much for listening every week. Um, our patrons are John Smith, Rob Kitson, Lenny Acuna, Yuli Simgu, Matt Mumford, Urbano, Constantinos Andrew, thank you for the question, Brian Crowley, Franz Martinson, Hillary Jones, Matt Riley, Warwick Dean, Lise Klein, Floor Henwick, uh, Sharon Okada, Jim Gallant, Christopher Acido, and Grant Templin. Oof, that was a lot of names. What is this? That's a weird order. They're not in alphabetical yeah. order, and they're also nope. not in order because, like, Warwick Dean, for example, yeah. has been around forever, but and he was, like, kind of near yeah, the bottom of the list. Like, chronological order. I don't know. Yeah, no, no it's, real. It's a weird order. Is it in monetary order? No. Uh, yes, actually. Okay, oh, all right. Yes. Yeah, Sorry, so I didn't mean that now everyone yeah, knows. I had no idea. I was, <laughs> I was just listing it. I was like, why is that? Why are those? So, uh, John Smith and Rob Kitson are keeping it lit. They're on it with that money. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank everybody. I really didn't mean to set it up like that. (laughs) It just occurred to me that that I had no idea what order. I didn't know either. It was funny because I was listening and I was like, because like uh, Grant Templin and uh, uh, Rob Kitson are both – uh, I know they've been around forever, yeah, yeah, and so long, I was like, oh. And then, mm-hmm. as we were listening, I was like, but work has been around yep, forever, yep, too. Yep. Like, what is, yes. Well, point we, being, we could probably change that at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah thank you, everyone. Anyway, thank no you, what thank you, now. everybody. Um, yeah, sorry. We just didn't yes. know what the hell Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> All right. Is there, oh, uh, we got to do our tip of the week here. Tip of the week. Otherwise, Ted will be mad at I us. I know, seriously. Oh, yeah. So, we're going to do a tip of the week that uh, Maya will come up with right Here on she the goes, spot. yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, she's, that been, she's been, working been working on it probably on for a couple week. weeks now, yeah. I thought you had one this time, Josh. I never said that. I. You, you look like you have one I just like right in your brain right now. I always have one. Um, well, I think looking at uh, Josh is going to do it. You <laughs> conned him right into that. I that sure was well did. played. So, uh, when you're training this week and you uh, get to a technique and you feel uh, it not working for some reason, um, take a step back. Try to figure out why the thing isn't working. Why it doesn't feel correct. Usually, when a technique is not uh, happening, there is. You like can fifteen reasons. You can. <laughs> there, there could be a, a number of reasons, but you can feel when a technique is not happening. 
So take a moment and try to figure out what it is. Is it a timing issue? Is it an ukimi issue? Um, it is, is it a technical issue? Are you not doing the technique correct? Is it a physical issue? Is the person taller than you, shorter than you? Um, so just take a moment when you're having uh, an issue with a technique and really figure out what it is and, and whether how often or not. are the ukemi problems, you know, uh, related to the physical problems? Sure. You know yeah. what I mean? Someone's have, giving weird ukemi, ukemi because they're, they're too, not very flexible right. or they're trying to help you by squatting down because they're tall, but that makes a whole nother weird problem. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, and whether or not you'll be able to fix it or whatever, that's sort of a, a later time uh, thing that you can do. But for this, just, you know, be be mindful and see if you can figure, figure out those things. And as always, you can always reach out to someone who's, uh, you know, hiring student or sure. teacher as to like, hey, what what is going on with this? Yeah. Can you help me out with this? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, guys. That's my tip. We'll talk to you good. next week. I don't know what we're talking about next week, but um, yeah. it'll be something. It'll, it'll be awesome. Yeah. I guarantee it. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.